You're listening to Marismus. This podcast was created for people just like you who share a strong curiosity about the world and have questions about life that often go unasked. Marismus is a laboratory dedicated to exploring dangerous topics and entertaining some serious and strange ideas. Over the next few minutes, you are invited to listen in on a discussion between friends involving a provocative subject that you are unlikely to hear anywhere else. All we've got is a blue microphone, three chords, and the truth. The rest is up to you. Now, if you're ready, let's go. Hello, everybody. This is Lemma Adams. Welcome to episode three of Marismus. We're really excited about today. I am still no offense. Today's episode is an episode of altruism. Can you truly be altruistic to another human being? What do you think? No. <laughs> Everyone in this world is selfish and self-serving. No one does anything of their own volition to help someone else. Now is one of those times when I wish we could poll the audience and see what people think just based on that setup. We are in a different venue for this episode, ladies and gentlemen. I just want to let you know that we're in a cabin, not quite in the woods. There's a highway about 250 yards away. If you hear the occasional 18-wheeler, I apologize. Say no. that one more time. The working definition for the word altruism in this episode is... Well, I will define that in just a second. But okay, okay. And I want everybody to understand, I'm not taking this as a negative stand when I say it that way. I just do not believe that humans are wired... Or geared to want to help others without some kind of reward intrinsic to either them or someone seeing them do it. Okay. And, and I'm not trying to make it a very narrow definition so it's like, oh, I'm right on this and everything like that. I, straight up, I mean, I don't believe that people go out of their way to help someone else unless they think it's going to do something for them. Okay. That, I think that's a pretty good definition. I don't, I mean, altruism is kind of one of those purest expressions of generosity. Right? Sure. It, it is it's very like nebulous. Ideal. It's yes, ideal. it is a very nebulous idea. Okay. All right, so where are we going to go next then? Well, for the, to start, I'll go ahead and define altruism as... Uh, this comes straight from the Wikipedia page. Altruism is the principle and the moral practice of concern for happiness of other human beings or animals, resulting in a quality of life both material and spiritual. It is a traditional virtue in many cultures and a core aspect of various religious tra traditions and secular worldviews, though the concept of others toward whom concern should be directed can vary among cultures and religions. In an extreme case, altruism may become a synonym of selflessness, which is the opposite of selfishness. Okay. So just for clarity, selflessness is the opposite of selfishness. Sure. <laughs> and I also noted the key word in that definition, Noah. What's that? Happiness. Well, that's another nebulous concept. What, what does that mean? That's right. I don't even know what happiness is. Now, I, I will say this. From the standpoint of being able to understand other things and I don't want to split hairs but there are symbiotic relationships in nature uh, I'll give you a, sharks and pilot fish the pilot fish cleans up around the sharks and keeps them all clean but and the sharks you know as they get prey and things like that the pieces and morsels that are there you know that feed the pilot fish and everything like that so there is a symbiotic relationship 
but I don't think it's altruistic. I don't think that they have the concept in the animal kingdom of altruism as we would define it. But there is no question that there are parasites and there are hosts in the science and nature world that coexist, and they can only coexist or they won't survive. Okay, so just uh, this is another important thing I feel like needs to be called out is symbiotic relationships are somewhere in between selfless and selfish. Yes, it's kind of its own category. Okay, I like that though. In my gut, it feels like symbiotic relationships are better than every man for himself. Oh, absolutely. I mean, there are things that I would guess, you know, if we go back in time, you know, you and I, if we're neighbors and we're both farmers, you and I may not get along, you know, from the standpoint of you're growing corn and I'm growing soybeans or whatever. But at the same time, we both need to irrigate our crops. And so it behooves both of us to dig the ditch instead of each of us digging two ditches. Yeah, but I'm not. That. But I'm doing that for my own selfishness to make my crops grow. You were doing it for your own selfishness. I mean, now two people are better than one at doing something like this. But I don't think there's an altruistic aspect of it. Okay, it's just more of a symbiotic thing. Certainly. I think that's important because a lot of people will probably in their head they've got a, a category like a, a spot on the shelf, their mental shelf, that symbiotic relationships are altruism. But what we're setting that aside, saying it's a good thing, but it's not what we're talking about when we say altruism. No, not at all. Not at all. So for this episode, then I have a feeling this episode is going to be really short. It might be that we're basically saying there is no such thing as true altruism. I don't believe in, let me caveat this by saying, I don't think that man is a failed experiment. It, there's, although there is very compelling evidence to to do this, but what I'm saying is, is that what, most people are not wired to go out of their way to help someone else. Now, a first responder or something like that, there there are people that want to help others, but they're not doing it from an altruistic standpoint. Right. I mean, I'm not saying that there are mercenaries and they're only there for the paycheck. Right. But no one cruises around looking to do good all the time. <laughs> There's no Superman? No, there is no Superman. There's no superhero doing anything that's looking to truth, justice, in the American way. Dang Whatever. You, man. Sorry that's to burst a, your bubble. Huge movie franchise that is banking on people thinking that that does exist. But what I, you know, truly, if you boil it down, where I think that we struggle is. We don't have the concept of what is the right thing to do. Okay, that's a good point. Altruism is basically a selfless act for the benefit of or happiness of another. Correct. 100% for the benefit and happiness of another. That is moral. We're talking about moral territory here. Sure. That's why I kind of cued into the word happiness at first, though, because happiness is kind of amoral. It very much is. And and I want to caveat here again, and, I, and I'm sorry, I know I keep using the word caveat like I'm building a very narrow definition. I don't want the definition of what I'm trying to discuss to be so narrow as that there's not parameters to have open discussions. Yeah, because we got to have something to talk about. Whether it's a concept of happiness or some other things, 
I truly don't believe that people do something of their own volition to do something else. And I don't want to set this up as where I'm arguing a straw man argument or something else. Okay. And I don't want it to be, it's like, well, why did you do this? If you could, if we could interview people that are interested in this. Yeah. People that work for charities or donate a whole bunch of money, like philanthropically or, you know, that kind of people. Well, most people are doing that for a tax write-off. Okay, but that sounds really judgmental. We really can't see what's going on inside their heads, can we? No, but the, if they were doing it, then it wouldn't be a tax line item. Well, they could do it and then not claim it on their taxes. Well, how would you answer that? Oh, I'm not the New York Times, so I'm not allowed to have power. <laughs> not, allowed to, not allowed Every, to study other people's tax returns. Exactly. <laughs> but, I mean, for instance, if you're sitting in line in traffic and there is a parking lot and there's somebody that needs to get out and merge into the lane, why do you let them merge? It's a good question. From my own personal experience, which is the only experience I've ever had, um, there have been times when I have let people in because I thought, eh, there's nobody behind me. It's not going to put anybody off. And I know that that dude's probably been sitting there longer than, you know, I would have liked to be sitting there. Sure. I'll just go ahead and let him in. It ain't no thing. And then I feel good about myself. Okay. Mm-hmm. That happens sometimes. And then there are times when I'm in that exact same situation. There's a ton of cars behind me. I create a little gap for that person to get out, but there's a second lane and the car next to me didn't. And so I will just scoot on forward and close the gap and then not look to the right because I don't want to see that man staring at me. I understand that. (laughs) Well, I'll tell you, honestly, that's one of the worst things to me is that crossing a double lane road and you've got somebody trying to be nice mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. let me help you out with this everyone don't be nice do not violate traffic laws because if that person's like oh they're stopping for me and the other person in the lane that they can't see isn't you know, you're gonna have an accident right in front of you yeah and then you then you've got some kind of involvement in it it may not be your fault but at least at the very least you're a witness and i'm sure the dude pulling out is gonna be ticked at you anyways but like I said, I don't want to create a straw man argument from right, that. Right. But, you know, okay, so you kind of hit on what I'm going at is you let someone in and you felt good about yourself. Yeah, and you do. I mean, when you do good things, do you? you when you do things that you think are morally superior to what you could have done. Well, who's defining what's morally superior? Well, of course, that's an excellent question. That seems to be happening at the individual level. Okay, okay. so... I'm going to use the general you, but let just I'll just strip it of that. You're fine. I'm talking about my own self. Okay. In my experience, when I make a choice that I feel like, according to my moral standard, is the superior choice over what I could have done, maybe wanted to do at some level, I feel good about doing the, quote, right, unquote, thing. Okay. Do you think that there's some people that do this for a little karma? As what they define it? There's no doubt in my mind that the majority of people have a moral standard by which they effectively test everything that they do. Every word they say, every choice they make, and they're constantly grading themselves as to whether or not that was a good thing or a bad thing to do. Yes. I can see that because I think the same thing. I think that there are people that are, when something bad happens to them, they bemoan themselves by saying, I can't believe this is happening to me. Yeah, yeah. Why does this happen to me? As if it shouldn't happen to them. Or should it? But what I'm saying is when someone says, why did that have to happen to me? 
they're comparing what just occurred to some ideal in their heads. That they have. Some expectation of what would have been a better outcome that they wished would have happened and didn't, and now they're feeling like they're being persecuted somehow by the universe. I'm sure that the universe has much better things to do than find individual Oh, people. no. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. <laughs> what does it mean, the right thing to do? What does it mean, the right thing to do? Like, what is right and wrong? That's situational ethics. Correct. We are slipping from a conversation about altruism into a discussion of morality. And they are related, but... Maybe we just need to again going some... back to my Venn diagram. Th- these <laughs> these overlap, but they're not mutually inexclusive or mutually exclusive. He has stock in Venn diagrams. I I'm do say it. I do. <laughs> Plugging those suckers. Okay, it's, it's better than betting on Wall Street right That's now. That's right. So morality is involved, people. It is. You're basically saying that altruism is to put oneself behind the fortune of another, to put oneself lower than another person for the other person's exclusive benefit. That's altruism. I would agree. Okay, so what we're basically discussing then and wrestling with is, does that kind of behavior even exist in the world? Or do people do things for others that appear good at some level, might even truly benefit the other person, but they're secretly getting a little kickback in karma or in self-esteem or in the the notice of other people around them? I, I simply don't believe that it is a benefit for you to help me, nor me to help you. I, I think that they, that doesn't matter. Now, as a person that that is empathetic and things like that, I don't want to see someone else in a worse situation. And not, not that I'm looking down on someone, or I'm looking up to someone, but... I think that one of the things that everybody needs to understand is the right thing to do is human nature. But it's interesting how we use human nature to say, I want to help somebody. But in that same thing, if somebody pulls out of that parking lot, we're going to road rage out and want to run them right off the road. Okay. So then what do you think human nature is? Like human nature is to put ourselves first? I think it has to. Okay, so do you think that is an evolutionary byproduct? I don't know if I will go that far, but I mean, it is survival of the fittest. Okay, so do you think maybe that's where the concept that Darwin came up with was... I think that was the source of the concept Darwin came up with. Is it he looked around at culture and society and also at nature and found parallels between people putting themselves first at the expense of others and it's just logical frankly that if i want to achieve a certain goal that i would disregard the goals of other people i don't have a disagreement on that now there are opportunities sometimes symbiotic relationships like in business or in family where you have a common goal or you have separate goals but in working together you can each achieve what you want benefiting from the resources and talents of other people correct you know we're traveling along the same road we'll take turns carrying the knapsack right thing well i I remember going back to your your darwin statement here i remember reading and i'm pretty sure it's margaret mead who was a cultural anthropologist or and someone asked her 
at what point do you recognize culture or has, has a culture arrived and, you know, expecting that, you know, it's some kind of invention or something like that. And her answer was very interesting because she said a healed femur, because mm. as, as you go through society, if someone broke their leg, you're pretty much dead. Yeah. Unless someone else is taking care of you. That's right. Yeah. Because pretty you're, much. you're not moving. You're not going to be gathering food and, and no, berries you, and nuts or chasing down a bison. And if you're going to look at it from basically a black and white point of view, you are costing the society goods and services yeah. without providing anything. That's right. they got to drag your carcass around when they're chasing bison. Pretty much. Mm-hmm. That does make sense. I mean, I can see that. It's a really low bar. <laughs> well, but at the same time, is I mean, it depends on what that person was in society. If they were the best hunter or the best gatherer, you know, it, it is in your best interest to try to help do that. Yeah. I think you bring up good topics. We'll cover that on the next segment. All right. I guess one of the things that you hit on this in a previous segment where you said, what is human nature? I guess it boils down to the philosophical question is, from your standpoint, is man inherently good or is man inherently evil? Okay. You ready? Yeah. Man is inherently evil. Okay. Why do you believe that? Because I am a Judeo-Christian, Bible-believing, devout Jesus follower, and I've read the book. And there was a point at which we were brand new and didn't have experience of evil, um, but uh, that didn't last very long. And ever since the fall, we have only known selfishness. We are not sinners because we sin. We sin because we are sinners. That's Paul's gospel in the book of Romans. Alrighty. Yeah. We're bad, 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 bad. I'm not sure how to respond to that. What did you think I was going to say? Well, no, I knew I, I knew you would say that we were inherently bad, but I wasn't expecting the full the full Romans treatment. Yeah, I was not expecting the full, you know, uh, dispensation of Paul here. Yeah, I don't. I do not think there is anything in us that is good that originates in us. However, because we've talked about in other episodes. That we were created in the image of God, in the likeness of God, it says. Well, that's what I was going to ask you, right. is that if we were created in the image of God or the likeness of God, mm-hmm. then why are we evil? Because we broke it. We broke the whole thing. That act of rebellion, as seemingly stupid as it was, that act of rebellion inverted the hierarchy of I creation. knew I couldn't trust you, Lemma. Yeah. <laughs> I go here every time. <laughs> Listen, it's <laughs> one of my... <laughs> One of my favorite preachers, Matt Chandler, has told his his congregation before, listen, I only have one sermon. Have you guys caught on to that yet? (laughs) Yeah, That's good. I got the gospel and that's it. But I believe that we were created in his likeness, that we were intended to bear his image whenever we walked around and said things and did things and related with each other. But we inverted the hierarchy with our rebellion and we've never been able to get right since. 
Okay, now I don't want to paint you into a corner by what you've just stated. Okay. But I, I don't want anybody out there to misinterpret what you have just said. Okay. Because what you have I I fully follow what you have said. Right. But I think someone boiling it down can say that we are evil, but the only chance that you have of not being evil is to be a follower of Jesus. However, when we look around and see what the way the people that are claiming to be followers of Jesus behave, yes, that turns a lot of people off. It does. So that might even be another subject to discuss. Totally. I and mean, that could be a whole other episode. Could I take two minutes to redirect just so I can... Certainly. Because I, I want you to reset what you've okay. said. Because I mean, do you understand where I, what I'm stating? There? I do. Because I, I don't so. want anybody to be all of a sudden with say, well, man, this guy's black and white and that's not... I, I don't think that's what you're trying to say. Um, I am okay. saying it is black and white. Okay. It's just we're all in the dark. There is only one in the light. Okay. Okay. So, um, and, and, and I'm not, I don't want to, I don't want to strain at gnats. I'm just saying that there, there are a lot of people that listen to this podcast that are not Christians. And I love that. I love it. Not because I'm trying to proselytize because you can believe whatever you want. In fact, you're going to, right. You're going to believe whatever you want. And you're going to do whatever you want. That's what every human being has always done. And this will play into the altruism conversation. We only do what we want to do. I've had some people argue with me. I've had some people say, no, I'd rather go fishing than go to work. And then I would say, no, you'd rather pay your bills more than you'd rather go fishing. Certainly. Okay. So it's just a matter of how... What our perspective is, is what we're actually finding is the root of our motivation. What, what is the basic motivation for the choices we make? And then, in, in addition to that, understanding that every choice we make is a value judgment. I'm saying option A is better than option B. And that may or may not have a moral implication, but it always has a, either it's an interest or a principle. Okay? I don't disagree. In America, in the last 10 years, I just had this conversation last night with my son. We have shifted from an, a principle-based ethos to an interest-based ethos. This has happened in, in 10 years, one decade. We've shifted from, this is who America is because it's what we believe in, to this is what America does because it benefits us. That's a good point. It is. And it's subtle. It, it really is, because a lot of people don't understand the difference between I'm pursuing my interests versus I'm standing for my principles. Right. They don't understand it because they don't teach it in school anymore. And the majority of people aren't religious. And I'm not saying that religion can drive you to understand these things better. Honestly, Lemma Adams is anti-religion. Repeated. Lemma Adams is anti-religion because Jesus was too. I think that most people that are going to either say that they believe in a religion or believe in some methodology, I think most people are going to say that that's where they get their principles from. Most people do not go around violating the principles of other people. Not intentionally, probably. I mean, you know, it, it's we have a system of laws. Most people don't. I mean, we're breaking the laws. I mean... People driving by right now are going probably much faster than the speed limit, you know. Mm -hmm. But at, at what point are, are they? Are you truly impacting someone else's rights? Yeah. 
<laughs> and where did those rights come from and all that stuff. right i mean but do you understand what i'm saying is that, uh-huh. that there are people who are not religious right that they seem to be good people and, and i mean I, this isn't a ju- i'm not judging no i i know people like that but they i mean they have a a much better sense of principles than people that proclaim to, to be a follower of christ you're, you're right you're not wrong it is, in my estimation, when I just look at the state of our our country and what it what it was fifty years ago or fifty years before that, what it was at the founding, you know, sure. when the when the the writer writers I should say the authors of the Declaration of Independence and signers, those folks, the founding fathers, patriarchs, whatever you want to call them, when they were deciding that this is how America was going to function. Most of them had some category for for providence, for um, a divine being that we are beholden to. That that doesn't mean they were all church-going folks, because I know they were not. But they had some concept of a higher being that we were all accountable to. And so that's where they get the idea of all men are created equal, except the ones that aren't. Right. I mean, there's plenty. And then they get the idea of, you know, uh, pursuit of happiness. I don't know what the heck that is, but it actually was the pursuit of property originally. And then it got changed to happiness because it's hard to define that. Right. And and it it basically protected, you know, you're protecting rights that we believe, according to the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution, come from a God. Right. That all men are created equal. But what I'm trying to say is. Our culture has shifted. Our understanding of who God is has shifted. Our acceptance of his involvement in our lives has shifted. And we've kind of become a secular society. And in a secular society, morality gets really weird. Because we all still have in us a sense of what's right and what's wrong. But if there is no God to be the source code for that, to be the foundation upon which that's built, then your morality and my morality might conflict. And who's right? Who gets well, what they I want? Am. Right. So inner Darwinism and, and its um, offshoots, and you basically say, well, the one who has the biggest weapons and can defend their position is the one that's right. But the, look at our political environment right now. You, you have two parties in America Basically, there, there should be more, but you have two large parties and they both run the country pretty much the same way. Yeah, they so just they're... blame the other one for all the things that go wrong and take credit for all the things that go right. And the fact of the matter is none of them have a moral grounding. No, both parties are morally bankrupt at this point. That is correct. They, they, they merely is a active who can lie the most to their constituents right and it's really convenient to be a politician these days because you can get credit for being altruistic but you're spending somebody else's money and you're doing it to win votes it's not altruism at all in fact it's not even symbiotic relationship no It's, it's parasitic it's totally parasitic so that's not what we're talking about right that that's its own episode golly maybe maybe one of these days we could talk about what system of government works best? Well, it's not anarchy, but that's where we're headed. Yeah, maybe so. You need to take a break? I don't know. Do you need to take a break? Yeah, I need to take a break. All right, we'll take a break.
Okay, I don't want to course correct here, but I think we steered off into the woods a little bit on the last segment. Sorry about that. No, it, it, there's nothing wrong with that because the thing is, is that's the whole point of this, is each of us have ideas and we have thoughts and, and a process. And this is one of the things that irritates me. And as I say that I wanted to correct the course, I'm going to go right back into the ditch. <laughs> Not only ha- are you right about what we've lost in the last 10 years, but over the last, I would say, 20 to 25 years, we have lost the ability to have civil discourse. Yes. I mean, I don't necessarily agree with everything that you have said today, but I'm not going to get in your face and yell and shout and everything like that. Drop a bunch of F-bombs and other things and just, you know, berate your whole heritage. Yeah. I mean, the first thing is, is that that's not going to do any good because you're not going to want to listen to my argument in the first place. I mean, you've already given me your argument, so now it's my turn for counterpoint, but... If I come at you stark raving Noah, you're not going to want to listen. <laughs> the mental image. I mean, do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, totally. And, and so you're not winning friends. No, and the the purpose is is that I can disagree with you without it affecting our friendship or our relationship or anything like that. Yeah. Because I guarantee you you don't believe everything that I believe. Right. And you know what? That's totally okay. But we don't have that anymore. I know. Uh, maybe, I don't know, in our totally small, infinitesimally small way, maybe we can help build that back up, you know? I hope that people recognize that you and I are not necessarily the same person, but at the same time, we can respect each other's opinions even if we disagree. Because, again, it goes back to the image bearer thing. Right. When I look at you, Noah, I see... God's handiwork. I see I see the object of God's love. It completely changed the way I think about race, the way I think about socioeconomic status. It changed the way I think about nationality, about our own economy, about people that are considered undesirable or celebrities that populate California and New York. The fact of the matter is, every single one of us is at our root a potential human being. That's good. That's really good. I don't disagree with you. Because one of the things that I've struggled with, not to go off on the deep end here, but when we look at the cosmos, or we look at at the things that are in the sky, Mm -hmm. we look at nebula, we look at stars and things like that, the things that we're just now seeing have happened a long time ago. Mm Mm-hmm. We have a snapshot of what happened a while back. And I think that that's one of the the giant perspectives that I've also had on my epiphany of human beings. Is I'm seeing a snapshot of you right now. That's right. Yeah. And I don't know where you've come from. Mm-hmm. Not that it shaped your life or anything like that. I don't know what you were like when you were in college. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you were like when you were in the fifth grade. I was in college in the fifth grade. That wouldn't surprise me. (laughs) But I see you where you are now. And I don't have an idea of where you're going. Right. I don't know if you're on the right path or not. That's not for me to judge. Yeah. But I think you're on the right path because you seem to be a good person. Well. And I don't want to define that nebulous again as, oh, you're a good person. So good things should happen to you instead of bad things. Okay. So someday we'll have another episode and we'll talk about morality. That might actually be its own series. I don't know. It's That's a tricky, tricky one. And we keep seeming to snap back to that like we're rubber banded to it. But 
what is judging someone else? Is judging someone else saying that you're on the wrong path? That your vector is heading towards something dangerous? Just for example, if I became aware of the fact that you were shooting heroin between your toes, I know <laughs> from just about everything I've ever heard of in movies and books and the media, heroin is bad for you, Noah. It's bad. It might make you feel like a rock star, but it will eventually lead to your destruction. So if I learn this about you, then I can reasonably deduct your vector is heading toward destruction. But that does not mean you are a bad person. Right. There's a very important distinction between what we do and who we are. Okay? What we do is an expression sometimes of who we are, but it should be noted that it is different. And I believe, just for all of you out there that think Christians are a bunch of hypocrites, judgmental, Bible-thumping freaks, I want you to understand I acknowledge that. And... We are, I and so is everyone else. I don't think there's any other kind of people. Right. So, having said that, being judgmental is me taking the role of God and saying, you are a good person or you are a bad person. This was the rebellion in the garden. Eve looked at the fruit and saw that it was good for making one wise and that it was good to eat, desirable to eat. And so she took it and she ate. What did she just do? She said, this is good, even when God said it was bad. Right. And by me looking at you and saying, this heroin habit that you've got makes you a bad person, that's me judging you. Me looking at you and saying, this heroin habit is going to lead you to destruction is discernment. Well, I think the whole thing of what humans would like to do, we want to see our fellow human beings better. It's all in the lack of execution that we have. Right. And that's where it ties back into altruism. Because I want to see everybody do better. That sounds really good. That makes for a great soundbite. I want all boats to right. float. Now what? Right? Exactly. Does that mean I'm going to sell everything I own, give it all to the poor, and then starve myself to death so that I don't cost anybody anything? Would that be altruism? Some would define that. I know they would. And that's, that doesn't make sense. That doesn't fit the we are all created in the image and likeness of God model. Even if you did that... There's going to be someone out there that says, well, you still didn't do enough. You didn't do enough. Yeah. So then what I According do, to whom? I leave instructions, let my body sit out in a field somewhere, and in two years, plant something there. And the and the stuff from my decomposing body will, will benefit the plants, and then I'll just keep giving and giving. Right. I don't know. That's stupid. I'll probably edit that out. Anyways. I, I think this is why that I have such a problem with the idea of altruism. I do genuinely think that people want to have better, not only for themselves, but for also for their neighbors. Right. Not just because Jesus said, love your neighbor as you love yourself or anything no. like that. No. But I mean, I, it, it is a poor excuse for a human being who cannot see somebody suffering and want to help them. Right. Gandhi was no Christian. No. But he did a whole lot of stuff for the benefit of other people, people that he didn't even know. Right. Right? And there are a bunch of other examples. I'm not just... Oh, no question. I don't want to leave anybody out. But the fact of the matter is, there are acts in the history of mankind that appear to be altruistic. 
they appear that way mm-hmm. but we're at the, you know and we don't have a snapshot of what they were thinking at the time right but other than the exception of jesus who uh-huh. came and picked up the check for everybody <laughs> there is no one that did anything for anyone else yes and, right. and i would think that most people do not have a problem with jesus from that standpoint their problem is with with his followers right right but the thing is is that's going to be the case for anyone's followers if even if you're a follower of buddhism i mean it's not all kumbaya and you know everything's golden you're going to have good days and bad days because you're a human you're not the buddha no and if if you're a muslim or you are a jew Mm-hmm. Or you are Greek Orthodox. I don't. It, it doesn't matter which any Taoist. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're not Muhammad. You're not Moses. No. Yeah. I get You're it. going to have bad days, and and if anyone catches you at that snapshot, they're going to be man. I thought that guy was a a true believer. Yeah. They're going to judge you. They're going to yes. say, Oh, you're not a true believer. You're bad, or not what I thought. Miss missed opportunity or well i think it was warren buffett that said you know a lifetime of good deeds can be undone in one in in one action oh yeah you can spend your whole life building a good reputation and then ruin it with one infidelity or one yes one 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 small action one moral failure Mm -hmm. yeah that's actually a biblical concept too Uh, i believe it's in proverbs solomon talked about that and he would know because he screwed up a bunch well, I mean, I wouldn't doubt it because Ecclesiastes, there's nothing new under the sun. So <laughs> There is no... I know we need to talk about that someday. Vanity, vanity. All is vanity. Which is pretty much what you started off with. There is no altruism. Right. Okay. The thing is, is that I, I do believe that there are certain things that make us want to do something else. I mean, you would have to be almost sociopathic to not want to see someone else benefit all right. I mean, you know, it's one of those things. If if I see you and we're like, hey, let's go get some lunch. And you're like, I don't have any money. Doesn't matter. I didn't ask if you had any money. I asked if you want to go eat lunch. Yeah. Now, am I doing that because I know that you're going to buy me lunch sometime? Maybe, maybe not. Probably not with you. Um, you don't keep score of those kind of things. But it could be that you just wanted to hang out. Maybe I got something on my mind. Yep. Something you wanted to talk about. Altruism, maybe. I don't know. Okay, so I knew we were going to be discussing altruism because we pulled it out of the hat, right? Sure. But I didn't have anything prepared except what you just mentioned a minute ago. Yes, I believe that people are bad and that there is no truly altruistic human being. There may be altruistic moments. I mean, I, I, I want to at least reserve some room at the top for an altruistic act where that might happen. Like like in our first episode when we talked about mothers sacrificing their lives for their kids. Right. Or raising, you know, animals that have lost a, a, a offspring raising another animal's offspring. That's not really altruism. Those are probably biological programs that they're running. But the fact of the matter is, I have had moments in my life where I knew I wasn't going to get anything out of it. Right. But I couldn't divorce, in this conversation, I couldn't divorce the decision I made from the good feeling that it left me with. Well, one of the things for me is when I see somebody that's broke down on the side of the road, I generally will pull over to see if I can help them. 
Hmm. Because I've been in that situation and it sucks. Yeah, it does. I mean, flat tire and it's raining and everything like that, and you know, yeah. you just want to get home, whatever. It's no, it's no difficulty to change a tire. Mm-hmm. But you know, sometimes it just things are you know lug nuts are stuck or you know you can't get a good deal or anything like that. And I mean, I don't stop because I'm expecting someone to stop for me when that happens. That's the reason I bought run flat tires. Right. But I have no reason to stop. I'm not going to proselytize. I don't want money. Yeah. I don't want... I just know that I have been in this situation. I don't like the situation when I was in it. And so, therefore, I want to see if I can help. Okay. So, let's talk about that for a second. Because sure. I think that's fantastic. And it it is a form of altruism. Right. It also ties into the statement I made earlier about us all being potential human beings. There was a human being with a capital H. There was Jesus, Yahushua, who was the Messiah, who lived a sinless life, and he only lived altruistically. Everything he said and did was for the benefit of others. Because, if you remember from Scripture, not everybody knows this, but according to Scripture, Jesus was the Son of God the eternal Son of God, the Word in John through which everything was created. And so, for eternity past, God existed with God, the uncaused cause, in relationship. Okay? And then, out of an expression of their relationship, they create a universe that reveals the character of this God to creation. And that's the whole point, I believe, of existence is for God to reveal who he is and for us to enjoy him, which he didn't have to do. He didn't need us in order to be perfect, but with us, he can share his perfection. Jesus comes as the incarnate God and reveals to humanity, hey, when I created you to be my image bearer, to be in my likeness, what I intended was for you to love each other, take care of each other, be altruistic, humble yourself, sacrifice for others, and just love the mess out of them. But you screwed up the hierarchy, and now it's been every man for himself ever since. Everyone has done what was good in his own eyes, which is a reference to judging again. Correct. Just like they did in the garden in Genesis 3. So Jesus doesn't do that. His whole life isn't that. Instead, all he does is pop the balloons of people that have set themselves up as authorities, exploiting the people beneath them, and then he takes the people beneath them and elevates them to a place of high regard. I'm specifically thinking of Mary Magdalene, who was a prostitute, according to the scripture. Do we know that? No, we, we don't really know that, but that is... Um, that is tradition based on some passages in a particular interpretation. Okay? I mean, because I'm, I'm just trying to figure out where that came from. Uh, we'll talk about that someday. Sure. But let's just let's just nix that for now and say Continue. Mary Magdalene was a woman who needed to be forgiven much. Of course. Because okay? that's in the text. Of course. And she breaks into somebody else's dinner party, and she basically, in a shameful way, according to their culture, breaks a very expensive per, per, jar of perfume, and she anoints Jesus' feet and embarrasses herself in front of everyone by weeping over his feet and drying the perfume in tears with her hair. 
I mean, this is an incredibly intimate scene. And it would have been right for people to think they had something going on. Sure. Because you don't do that kind of stuff to people, you know? You just don't. Nobody would do that. But the reason why she was humbling herself so much is because she had been forgiven of so many things by this very same Jesus, whom she believed was the Messiah. Right. So, Jesus, in that moment, reveals to all the other men in the room, to their shame, that y'all didn't do, you didn't treat me like I mattered. You've invited me to this dinner, but you're really here just thinking about ways that you can trap me in my words and humiliate me in front of my followers. But here, this uninvited guest that you would rather didn't even exist comes into this room, humbles herself, shames me according to your morale, moral system, and honors me so profoundly that I have to just point out the contrast. Okay? So... With his life, Jesus doing things like that effectively showed us what being in the image of God was intended to be. And so of all the human beings that have ever lived, billions and billions and billions and billions of us, since the beginning, there was only one with a capital H. Right. And it was him. And so, back to your initial premise. Is there such a thing as altruism? Yep. But... With a caveat, because Jesus was not just human. Right. He was fully human, but he was also fully God. Right. You got me. Yeah. So, where, where do we go from here? Altruism, according to lowercase h human beings? No, probably not. There might be, There might be moments every now and then, but for the most part, no, we're not altruistic as a species. We are born with a selfish nature, and we express that at a pretty early age. Nobody has to teach us how to be jerks. Nobody has to teach us how to be crybabies. Um, that just comes built in. I don't disagree with that at all. All right, so where do we go from here? I'm not sure, because I think we drove the car all over the place. Today. <laughs> well, did you have any other points that you wanted to add to it? No, I think that that, I mean, straight up, we, we covered everything that I think that we needed to talk about. I think at one time we were wired to yes, do. I agree. Not just the right thing in a macro world, but in a macro world, we were wired to do the right thing. Hmm. We, we lack a true sense of identity. That's a, that's, that's a good way to say that, yes. We don't know who we are. No, no, we've lost it. Okay, well, I think we... Uh, meandered everywhere and covered everything um lemma do you have a word of the day i do the word of the day is actually not an english word <laughs> there's a surprise i'm, so, I'm, not, I'm not sorry I'm not. i didn't say that you had to be it okay just... i really like this word and i really like how it has changed the way i think about things but the word of the day is kavod it's hebrew it translates into English as glory. What do you think glory means, Noah? I think there's several definitions. Um, I think a lot of people think doing something fantastic results in glory. Okay. I think that uh, we hear um, God in his nature. There's glory associated with that. Right. So I, I think that um, there's an abundance of words 
that uh, and meanings that probably apply to that. But I would one of the things that I know about the little Hebrew that I do know mm-hmm. is that Hebrew is very specific. Yes. So I'm sure that you're looking for a very specific definition. Well, I, I'm just going to share with you some things that I've learned. Uh, it's I'm not really even going to define it. I'm just going to try to redefine it. Because sure. we all have an idea of what we think glory is, um, whether that's honor or respect or whether it means we're glowing like a light bulb. Um, because th- there are a lot of people that use that word and they use it in a certain context. In English, it means something different than it does in Hebrew. But in Hebrew, the word kavod is actually cloud. Okay? Like what floats through the sky. Okay. But the sense of glory that is being conveyed by the word cloud is weight, like gravity. Okay? So someone who has great glory is someone who carries a lot of weight. That actually translates into English. We understand that. The president of the United States carries more weight than the manager at McDonald's. That's not to say that the manager at McDonald's is not important and in his own little world doesn't carry a lot of weight. But if you had a difference of opinion between the two, the majority of people are going to listen to the president. Maybe not this president. (laughs) Good point. But I'm just saying, that office carries weight. Yes. All right? So that that is one part of the the definition that, that people understand. What I thought was interesting about the nuance is that, um, and I got this definition from uh, Dr. Tim Mackey, where, like, as a teenager, he would describe, you know, posters and stuff all over the wall and skateboard magazines and clothes possibly laying on, laying on the floor. And his parents would look at that room and they would see, oh, Tim's been here. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Certainly. He left behind evidence of his existence. He left behind his cavode. Okay? This is good. This is, it's like residue. You know when a bug has been stepped on because there is residue on the floor. You know when someone has walked across your yard because there is footprints left in the grass. You you see the evidence of them being there, and that basically is their glory. Okay? That is the definition of the word. So, when God said that he created man in his image... And we recognize that we exist to glorify him. Those two concepts are integrally tied together. We were meant to trot upon the earth, loving each other and taking chaos and turning it into order. And in doing that, evidence of him was spread everywhere. Very good. That's Kavod. I like. Good. All right. So now what? Well... I know that we weren't going to discuss current events and things like that, but I'm going to want to put this out there. It is currently around 3.30 Central Time. Mm-hmm. The Las Vegas Raiders have just beaten the Kansas City Chiefs 40-32. Okay. to 32. <laughs> So that puts us at the 11th day of October. Right. And like it or not, I believe that Donald Trump will be elected president again in November. Okay. So, no offense has just made a prediction that Donald J. Trump will be re-elected as President of the United States of America on November 3rd in the year of our Lord, 2020. I think it's the 4th, but... Oh, 
Is it the 4th this I think, year? I think it's November 4th this year. Well, I don't know. So many people are mailing in their ballots. No, you're right. It is It, it is November 3rd. It may not matter. I'm well, not, I don't think we're going to know that night anyway. I don't think so either. I think it'll be a couple of days. But yeah, it's going to take them at least a week to count all of my ballots. <laughs> you can't say that. I just did say that. You can't say that. Okay, so I'm going to predict that the American people lose on November 3rd. That's easy. Yeah. With these two candidates, of course we're losing. I know it. I know it. Why can't we do better, culture? We don't want to. Why can't we do better, Because American it would culture? require you to have altruism for someone else. Maybe. I don't know. I just... Good grief. Would you do that job for 400 grand? Brother, I would break this country. And I would do it on purpose. Just saying. I would do it on purpose. I wouldn't end American Pie and baseball, but I would. I know that Donald Trump campaigned on a, a, a promise of draining the swamp, but DC. I don't know. I don't know how you fix that. Honestly, we are getting the politicians we deserve. Without a doubt, our culture is so broken. But don't we always get what we deserve? We get what we want. I wouldn't say that we get what we want. <laughs> but I'm saying is, is if we if we put in minimal effort, as we do with our political system, yeah, then we do. I mean, it is garbage in, garbage out. That's true. Yeah, you so, certainly can't ask for more than you've invested. No, and I don't understand why we continue to think that that's going to be the case. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. The the it's system is broken. It is, but no one wants to fix it. Ah. Uh, I just don't think anybody knows how, but that's maybe me giving them the benefit of the doubt. Could be. Good episode. We're not altruistic. We're just not. No. So, you know. We don't want to be. Okay. Well, does it affect me? I mean, honestly, straight up, does who is, for my day-to-day life, does who is on the Supreme Court, does who is in the White House, does that affect me day-to-day? Marginally. Yeah. Not much. Not enough, apparently. Not enough. No, because I haven't done anything about it either. Yeah. All right. Well, what do you say we make a podcast? We can do that. Okay. We'll get together every now and then. We'll record our thoughts into our microphone, and then we'll put that out on the internet for people to listen to. Hmm. We'll cast some pods. See what happens. All right. So for all you out there in the world that might be catching the pod we're casting... Um, just want you to know that we actually do care about you and it's not just because you're going to click our page and like our stuff and you're going to make us feel good about ourselves. We actually care about you because you're an image bearer and, um, hopefully in the, in the upcoming weeks, we're going to have a place where we can actually get feedback from you. So we might be able to talk about some things that, that interest you rather than us. (laughs) You know, we're always going to turn it around and make it about us though, because we're human. With a lowercase h. Anyway, any more thoughts? Noah, anything else you want to share? No, I'm golden. You've shared everything you're going to share. No altruism from you. <laughs> that's correct. All right, well, that's about all I've got, too. We can't be finished yet. We've got to draw it out of the hat. Let's not draw it out of the hat this time. Let's just pick something. What is our next episode going to be? Okay, I got it. We've touched on it today. I think this is we're about ready to do this. Is your problem with Jesus or is your problem with his followers? Excellent.
I can get behind that. Do you want to do that one? I, I will be happy to take that. Excellent. All right. So that's the next episode. Is your problem with Jesus or with Jesus followers? All right. Tune in next time for episode four. In the meantime, why don't you go out there and like us on Spotify or iTunes or iHeartRadio or Deezer or SoundCloud, however you found us this time. Why don't you share your opinion of the podcast? Give us a thumbs up or a thumbs down. We don't care what you choose. We just want it to be honest. And that's the truth. Y'all take care. Catch you next time. Remember the code is up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, BA start.